Life is full of surprises. Some good, some not so much. Hola, it's Honey. Hola, it's Carolina. Y sabes que estar preparado para cualquier cosa es importante. Whether that's in our roles as mothers, wives, businesswomen, or podcasters. On our show Life in Spanglish, you know that being open to unexpected turns has been an important part of our success. Pero we can use some help. Oh yes, la buena ayuda is welcome. Y si pasa algo, tranquilitos. Isn't it good knowing that with a State Farm agent you can worry less because someone will be personally invested in safeguarding your goals? Plus, they have the options to talk to a real person whenever a customer needs, especially when those unexpected turns come up. It's the personalized attention you can count on. Aprende más en es.statefarm.com. Como un buen vecino, State Farm está ahí. You ever heard the phrase, the more things change, the more things stay the same? And while we love the excitement of new things, it's also nice to have the reliability of something constant. Hey, it's Wilmer Valderrama. And when it comes to insurance, State Farm is a good neighbor you can count on. Solo llama a tu agente. Another way State Farm helps is by supporting the creators and storytellers of the Michael Tudor Podcast Network family. Con la ayuda de State Farm, estamos ayudando y asegurándonos de que nuestras voces sean escuchadas. Como un buen vecino, State Farm está ahí. Aprende más en es.statefarm.com. This is an official download from thecustardtv.com. Remember us? We're the team from the Custard TV podcast, who you can now listen to, if you want to, through Amazon Music. We got a oh, really? on that the other day. I don't know what Amazon Music is, but we're there with all the cool, hip kids that listen to Amazon Music. Just tell your Alexa device... To play the Custard TV podcast, she may play it off Spotify, but you can tell it to play it off Amazon Music. So tell it to go. play it off both. Yeah, just Be see which service gets quickest. Yeah, blow up your Alexa in three seconds. Actually, how many Alexa devices have gone off just with us saying Alexa this many times? Luke and Matt. This could be a podcast. A podcast? Don't you have to be some sort of whiz kid to do those? Uh, definitely not. Anyone with a computer can make one. Talking telly. Use your ears and trust them. This is the Custard TV Podcast. Yes, that would entertain me briefly. From thecustardtv.com How has your break from the podcast been? I missed it a bit, I think. I, mean, I missed sort of oh, talking about TV nice. with... With somebody who sort of understands it. it. You know, been watching a bit, having no one to talk about it with. Um, I suppose we should start really by promoting our, our comedy ones if people haven't listened to those yet. Yes, if you're in need of some extra us, then we put out three podcasts across the summer of our Desert Island comedies where we were joined by comedy sort of extraordinaire expert Sophie Davis. We've got her... 10 shows, Matt's 10 shows, my 10 shows. Listen, like, and uh, enjoy them on us. And also, Matt worked very hard over the summer break updating our YouTube channel where you can just find reviews um, from certain years, certain genres, uh, certain well, channels. I up- I've updated it from, you know, to our last standard podcast uh, we did. We spoke about Betty and I May Destroy You, and The Salisbury Poisonings. I would mention, too, that I've been watching uh, that are worth your time, but also incredibly tricky to get. So the first one is called Outcry. It's on Sky Crime. It is another of those true crime documentaries that I hoover up on a seemingly weekly or monthly basis about a a well-loved American college football star who is accused of uh, doing something inappropriate with a six-year-old. That is really good. And the other one you can watch here on Stars Play through Amazon Video, or nefariously if you're that way inclined. It's called P-Valley, and it's a drama uh, about a strip club in Mississippi, and it gives me real... Pose vibes. It's one of those shows. I that that yeah, I thought you wouldn't have. It's one of those shows that, like Pose, starts off as one thing, but then you find yourself completely connected to all of the characters and the world. It's very authentic, very sort of a drama comedy in the same way that Pose is. Really, really good. Only eight episodes, 
really critically loved. I've come to find that after watching it and already coming back for a second series. Yeah, yeah. How that's going to work in the world that we live in at the moment, I've no yeah. idea. But it's really, really good. I, I, I'd uh, urge people to say it. But it does frustrate me when things are good, but then they're on a almost unreachable platform like a that- channel within Amazon. Yeah, because I know this time, I think it was this time last year we spoke about the act, didn't we? And I think maybe, I think maybe some of these shows we're talking about now, we might sort of go back to over mm. the, as we've got not a lot to look forward to over the autumn months. It might be yeah. that we go, we plough into some things, you know, you may have missed like yeah. that, like those two, because I've never heard of it well no actually i've not heard of either of those two things you also enjoyed the iraq documentary didn't you, you as loved well? that have you seen that no that was one of the most interesting documentaries i've seen because i'm not p- particularly political i'm not particularly up on how how wars and that work and the strategies behind it but this looks at the iraq war of the early 2000s through not just the eyes of the American army that were on the ground, but also the Iraqi uh, children as they were who lived through it at the time, who of course are in their early 20s now and completely changed by what has gone on. And it's a really fascinating look into uh, why it happened and where the countries are now. And and to the same degree, I would mention another one I really liked uh, called uh, the Murdoch Dynasty, which gave me real succession vibes i couldn't believe how close succession was to the actual story behind the murdochs and it spoke about how they rose to power and and which of rupert's children is going to succeed him so that gives me proper succession vibes and i really uh raced through that as well those are my main ones that i would say uh filled my um my tv gaps i stayed with my mum sort of throughout all of july and we watched most of the talking heads i know you only yeah. watched a couple didn't you because mm. you watched the sarah lancashire one didn't you is that yeah. the only one you've seen yeah yeah and i haven't seen that one so okay. um, of the ones i did see i would recommend the leslie manville one that was very good the uh roshenda sandal one was very mm. good and uh, the Christian Scott Thomas one was a good sort of light, lighter one. And also Martin Freeman doing a very good Alan Bennett impression. A lot of people were comparing them to the originals. And yeah, I don't I know if that can't be helped. I think the one thing I would say, I mean, we may talk about them in depth at some point if Luke does watch them, is that they could have looked at maybe updating some of the references. I think the ones that worked better were the ones that had no sort of pop culture references in them at all the the one that i would point to really is the jodie comer one where she played an actress like a jobbing actress and there was a lot of references to sort of 80s films and things like that Um, so there's that the other the other things i've watched sort of more recently um i watched all of mrs america which i know was a show you couldn't get on with i think you only watched the first episode didn't you i did i did yeah yeah and i think you should pursue it I didn't feel like I knew the background enough. And no. I felt like it assumed that I would, and so I, mm-hmm. str- I struggled a bit. That was one of the issues I had with it throughout. I think, though, you should p- proceed with it. And I-, I think one of the issues with it is each episode focuses on a different, I, I would say, character, but obviously most of them are based on real people. So mm. the fir- because the first episode starts with Kate Blanchett's uh, Phyllis Schlafly, who is the predominant, character throughout who i think is the only one who features in every episode and it's her story primarily as the episodes go on you meet a lot of the founders of the women's liberation movement who are a lot more colorful characters they are stories that i didn't know and i think part of the reason for that is they're very american stories the only person who i had previously heard of was um and i've forgotten the name now yeah <laughs> that's really really bad <laughs> <laughs> Gloria Steinem, there we go. Yes, Gloria I heard of her. Yeah. The, the only person I'd heard of was Gloria Steinem, <laughs> but there are some really interesting characters. Uza Aduba played, um, I think her name is Shirley Chisholm, yeah. who was the African American female candidate who was running for the Democratic nominee 
when Nixon was running for the second period, who didn't get in, but I did not know that story at all. Margot Martindale played a character called Bella Asberg, who was very big in the, in the 70s, the women's lib movement. And I felt like each of these characters would almost deserve their own series. I think, as you say, it relies on you having a working knowledge, at least of who the American presidents were throughout the 1970s into 1980, and yeah. really how they used these women to further their own agendas in a way. I think it's one of the best performed series of the year. I think some of these actresses got a bit of a short shrift when it came to the amount of screen time. They got Elizabeth Banks in particular, whose character was very interesting because she was the only Republican member of this, the, the Women's Liberation Group. And she didn't get a great deal to do even in her own episode. But there right. is there, there's some fantastic performances, as you would imagine, by... Tracy Ullman, Margot Martindale, Dave Duber, Sarah Paulson, who we'll talk about later, Melanie Linsky. I mean, the list goes on, really. Um, just I'm going to go back to that. Yeah, I think I don't have been... anything else, yeah. and I do like yeah. all those performers, if nothing yeah. else. Get to that third episode where it focuses on Shirley Chisholm, because that's the one that turned me around, and that is the one that has been nominated for an Emmy for writing as well. I, do, I just feel, I think, and we might talk about it if we do do a review of it at some point, that um, it was almost it almost did them a disservice because I felt that more could have been done. And I wonder if there's documentaries about some of these women or, you know, that we could... That could that are possibly yeah. out there because I'd that like was, to more. That was the consensus of some of the reviews I read where some of these people were so interesting I wanted to see more of them and then we moved the story on too quickly. But yes, I will go back to yeah. that. Margot Martindale's to character, she was a bit feisty and wore a hat. And, um, That's all I need. All I need is a thing that, I, that I've started recently and um, we'll go in a minute to some people, you know, because we did ask what, what yeah. your show's some have been and it's yeah. a thing that, that a couple of people have mentioned and I, I'd heard about it on Twitter but didn't really know a lot about it and I watched three episodes and I will be going back because you know I had to obviously prioritize what we're talking about today but I had I had got into I Hate Susie and I don't know if you've watched any of that I at have all. not seen any of that I would say it's quite a unique show it does share some similarities I would say with I May Destroy You. The vibe I would put it nearest to is it's got that sort of awkwardness of a, of like a Sharon Horgan right. comedy. Okay. That sort of Because it's teaming her back up with Lucy Preble of, of Diary of a Court Girl, right. which I didn't, yeah. I didn't love. But yeah. Also, it, just another quick one from me. Series 4 of Better Things is now playing on BBC Yeah, I two. was going to mention that, actually. Cause and, we uh, sort of view that one one of our live shows. I can't yes, remember. Yes, we, yeah. we did speak about that. And we have, as a family group, Mortimer and White House gone fishing. If oh, yeah, just, yeah, yeah. If that was just on every Sunday for the rest of the time, I would be happy. Uh, what did the people of Twitter say? Yeah. Okay, so uh, to to the Twitter, at Custard TV Pod, and we go to Mo Walker, who says, Hi, I've been catching... I'm a, <laughs> I have been catching up on stuff, he says, but three of my favourite new series this summer were Netflix's Warrior Nun, I've not seen it, but I've heard other people talk about it. It is literally about a karate-chopping nun. Oh, we'll have to watch that one. Um, something <laughs> I know me and you have both watched at least the first episode of is HBO's Perry Mason. And I don't know if you want to discuss yeah, your thoughts on that. Again, it's one of those where I sort of went off it after episode two and people are saying, stick with it, it gets so good. Mm. It's one of my favourite crime dramas for a long time, one of the best of the year. Maybe I wasn't in the mood for it, but I just no. it quite dour and dark. And mm. Well, that's the more. that's the feeling, isn't it? It's sort of gumshoe, yeah. 1920s, 1930s. I think it, that's that's the time mm. period it's sort of in. I think for me, because I watched the first sort of the first two episodes and started episode three, my stepdad had recorded them on on the old uh, the Sky Plus. Sky Box. So yeah. we watched a couple together, and I enjoyed parts of it. I think the interplay between the characters who will work in the office together. Stephen Root did a very scenery-chewing performance as, as the yes. DA. I really yeah. liked him. Uh, Tatiana Maslany uh, as this preacher character, and Lily Taylor as her mother. It was an, You know, they were interesting additions, but 
again, like a show I think we're going to talk about in a bit, that it was very overstylized. I, I think the main issue I had with it, and I think it would have worked better had it been a case of the week type thing. Yeah, maybe. Focused maybe. on the same case throughout, and, and we as the audience knew certainly some of who was behind it, so we knew more than the characters knew. It was one of those, whereas I think if it was one where people were all coming to it fresh and didn't know who was behind it do you know what i mean it's yeah, like I know what you mean. one where the audience knows more than the characters and they're playing catch up with you we'll go on to erin like mo she says she's found she's found herself mainly re-watching stuff over the summer favorite new shows i may destroy you which i believe she did a review for the website of Link. yes right? yes what we do in the shadows which i talked about in length on on my comedy uh desert island comedy spoiler gone fishing which we just talked about now and um, the the other thing which i didn't watch when it was on because i just thought it would be a little bit too bleak was uh anthony daryl miller has very has been very busy over um well he said these are the box sets that kept him sane from the start of lockdown to now uh trigonometry run which we reviewed in depth and i've I've sort of combined our reviews on the mm-hmm. on the on the youtube breeders which is something i've never watched friday night dinner save me two which we i we reviewed or me and michael reviewed on the podcast uh the last kingdom upload that is a good place type sitcom on amazon from um the guy who also did space force recently actually yeah i've heard heard someone on a a podcast talking about that snow piercer now that's based on the film isn't it which i i heard good things about but the uh, what have you heard about of the series the series is a bit confused it's got some good elements apparently but again just pass me by it's on netflix if we want to add that to our let's review it because we missed it mrs america which we just talked about in the long run the old uh, Idris Elba thing. Yeah. AD Bio. That is on Sky Comedy. It's an NBC comedy, yes. And Fort Salem. Sophie Davis, who we've already talked about, has said, uh, favourite shows of the summer have been I May Destroy You and I Hate Susie, so all the I shows. Also, the Salisbury Poisoning, Poisonings, which feel like it aired about six months ago, it but it was really due. does. That was our last. That was our last uh, re- review. Those two, I may destroy you and and Salisbury poisonings. That was a good mm-hmm. week actually. And finally, uh, Michael Lee says he's struggling with a few shows at the moment, but I think that's more to do with my mindset and concentration levels mm-hmm. in this very weird year. That Michael, said, the one okay. show that really did grab him was I Hate Susie. Well written, performed, directed, and totally. You ever heard the phrase "the more things change, the more things stay the same"? And while we love the excitement of new things. It's also nice to have the reliability of something constant. Hey, it's Wilmer Valderrama. And when it comes to insurance, State Farm is a good neighbor you can count on. Solo llama a tu agente. Another way State Farm helps is by supporting the creators and storytellers of the Michael Tudor Podcast Network family. Con la ayuda de State Farm, estamos ayudando y asegurándonos de que nuestras voces sean escuchadas. Como un buen vecino, State Farm está ahí. Aprende más en e s.statefarm.com Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Surprising. Luke. Hey, everybody, here's our staff. And Matt. He's a professional. Talking telly. Try it. Just for one week. Just try the program for one week. This is the Custard TV Podcast. So three shows that premiered this week are under the spotlight for us. Uh, Netflix do their take on one and flew over the cuckoo's nest Nurse Ratchet in the simply titled Ratchet. ITV returned to the true crime drama space with David Tennant as renowned serial killer Dennis Nielsen. And Tom Hollander, Saskia Reeves and Tom Taylor go on the holiday of a lifetime, but neither of them, either of them really want to be there. That's in BBC One's adaptation of David Nichols' Us. Where do we want to start? 
Shall we start with Dez? Because that was the big one this week. It was the big one this week. Uh, like all of the dramas that ITV are putting out across the autumn, they should have all aired much earlier on in the year. They've held them back. We've had Dez, we've got Honor, which is Keely Hawes, another true crime drama thing, and The Sister with Russell Tovey, written by Luther's Neil Cross. So those are the big ITV dramas that are all going to be stripped over their their whatever mm. week they're on. That's the choice they've made. Uh, this was shown Monday to Wednesday across last week on ITV at 9 o'clock. It did really impressive numbers. This is the story of Dennis Nielsen, played by David Tennant, who in the mid-70s and early 80s killed, he thinks, up to 15 uh, men and young boys. The whole thing is uncovered when a neighbour reports some smells coming from a block drain. The drain company goes to uh, examine it and finds human remains. That gets uh, Detective Inspector Peter J, played by Daniel Mays, involved. And when they catch up with Dennis Nielsen, played by David Tennant, and ask them what happened here and what happened to the rest of the body, he just confesses, oh, there's some in the cupboard, there's some here, there's some there. And uh, what transpires is the story of this dangerous serial killer who's quite glib, very open about the awful things he's done. And it's the story from three different perspectives. So you've got David Tennant as Des, Daniel Mays as Peter Jays, the detective who is utterly consumed by the case. And finally, Dennis's biographer, Brian Masters, played by Jason Watkins, who sort of falls under Des's spell and does pretty much whatever he asks of him in the pursuit of, of writing his life story. And I, I, I've not been particularly quiet about this on Twitter, and I think it's a masterpiece. This evening, two police officers entered your flat. There they found the remains of a man. Do you want to explain that? In what context? How did it get there? Have you searched the rest of the flat yet? We're in the process of that as we speak. You'll find more in the uh, tea chest in my bedroom and in the turned up drawer in my bathroom. All in all, the remains of three people. In the car, you said that there was more. I must advise my client. 195 Melrose Avenue, N2. There, you'll find the remains of 12 or 13 people dating back to 1978. I've got a leaf together as a who do all these remains belong to? I need a moment with my time. It's OK. Uh, I'm afraid I don't remember the names. None of them? Well, at the time, I'd only just met them. Where did you meet them? All over. Bars, on the street. Someone just wanted to give a meal. London can be a lonely place sometimes. A friendly face goes a long way. So they were homeless? Uh, some, because of the drugs, usually. It really is a disease. It's very sad. And this bloody government does nothing for them. Were they all male? <sighs> How old were they? Oh, some look younger than others. Um, so I'm not being very helpful. No, you're doing fine. How did you kill them? I strangled them. Where did these murders take place? In my house. Mostly in my bed, to be specific. So they came home with you willingly? Yeah. Were they all homosexual? Don't remember asking them. Are you homosexual, Mr. Nielsen? Well, uh, for the sake of convenience, you should probably class me as homosexual. If that's uh, actually true, I'm not so sure. The three in Cranley Gardens, when did these murders take place? The most recent was three weeks ago. Um, we had ours last year, something. You kept them for a year? In pieces? No, no, the, the, the section's merely for disposal. That's the dirty platter after the feast, if you like. Now, Melrose, it was simple because it was uh, a ground floor flat, so it was spaced under the floorboards for storage and uh, sole access to a garden, and a clearance was called for. Yeah, now I remember at Melrose, when the bodies began to accumulate, I, I knew there'd be a smell problem, so uh, at the weekend, uh, take up the floorboards, get blind and drunk, so I could face it, uh, put down sort of, you know, 
black plastic like a bin liner for the mess, and I'd start the section on the kitchen floor. Now, I learned if you make a, an incision just below the navel, you can pretty much get everything without having to deal with the rib cage and such. And it was, it was, all, it was all trial and error. You buried them in the garden? No, I burnt them. Um, I wrapped them in an old piece of carpet. I threw a tire on top and I hide the smell. I took no pleasure in cutting up people or boiling heads or burning bodies. I did it as I had to. There was no more space. How many bodies did you have in the house at any one time? Well, I never did a stock check. <sighs> or asked their names, it seems. No, that, no, that I do regret. Yeah. I wish I could remember their names to tell you now. I really do. I have to ask, why did you do this? I don't really know. Um, I was hoping you could tell me that. I think all of it is just perfect. There are there are echoes and parallels between another ITV crime drama of the similar ilk, which I loved in 2011, called Appropriate Adult. Fred West again sits opposite the police at a table and tells them in every gruesome detail what he's done and this is what Dennis does you know he talks about killing someone after he let them listen to the Who's Tommy album and felt quite envious of them listening to it for the first time he doesn't really understand why he does these awful things and he admits they're awful things but he's also a narcissist he's also craving of people's attention and time he asks to see the newspaper cuttings that have been written about him. He pleads not guilty, so he has to go to trial. So he gets more of a media spotlight. And I think it's David Tennant's best performance for yeah. a long, long time. He uh, disappears into the role. Growing up when I did, Dennis Nilsson wasn't really a part of the news no. or anything like that. I didn't know. I heard the name. The yes, me too. But uh, that didn't take away from my enjoyment of the show at all. And I do think Daniel Mays and Jason Watkins, that trio, mm. they're just some of the best on television. I thought it was excellently acted, as you said, by the three leads. <laughs> David Tennant, very, very chilling. Daniel Mays was, was the heart of this programme. I, I really liked uh, Jason Watkins, sort of played a Jason He The character he plays very well, this sort of pompous by the books, very particular character who, as yeah. you say, was very charmed by by Nielsen. And I think the best crime dramas, you, you know, we saw this as you said with Appropriate Adult, and it was done elsewhere. I think with with um, you know Jeff Pope does this really well. Yeah, he's yeah. where he finds a, a character away from the, the killer or the person who we know. So, for example, you know, he did Mrs. Biggs, he did Appropriate Adult, he did The Moor Side, where yeah. we had a character associated the with... The story him. we knew, but the, yeah. but the perspective and, and, we haven't yeah, seen. And, and I suppose the perspective, as you say, here from both Peter J and Brian Masters, uh, allowed, I think, the audience to get into it a little bit more. And, and I think the, the sense of an ending as well, where we get... In, some of these victims were never identified. Mm. Some of them never got the justice that they deserved. I did think it was a classy move to put up the names of the of the yes. people yeah. that he did, um, you know, uh, kill yeah, and were identified. Yeah. Um, I, I, and I felt even some of the, you know, the supporting performances were brilliant in this. I really liked um, an actor called Ron Cook, who was the, the DSI overseeing things here. And, and he was very good also in the Salisbury Poisonings, as we mentioned that already earlier mm -hmm. in the year. An actor called Laurie Nyaston. I was just trying to look yeah. him up. Yeah, Carl, that was... He played Carl Stotter, who was an attempted victim of Nielsen's, who initially didn't want to speak at all. They got him to testify because their case was failing. They almost like they used him in a way and spat him out and vilified for his past as a a female impersonator and, and obviously for being homosexual, which was still very taboo in the 1980s, which made it feel older than it was. What I would say is it made two important choices that I think it benefited from. So we never saw grisly flashbacks of Dennis Nielsen committing any of these crimes. 
and we never saw um, a picture of Dennis Nelson as he was at the end. It was very much not about giving him more screen time than he needed to. ITV did a separate documentary the following night about the real story. But I think the choices they made made it feel more organic, made it feel more real. And David Tennant's performance was so chilling that to, you didn't need to see him do these heinous things because just listening to him discuss it in the in the glib and offhand way he did was far more shocking and hit you harder than if you'd seen him strangle these people or drown these people or, or you know, boil their heads or the awful things he was asked to do. I really think it's a masterpiece. I really think it's up there with certainly the best ITV have done for a very long time. Uh, funnily enough, they're re-showing Appropriate Adult next week and I mm. just think it, it, for those people who haven't seen it, they will get a lot out of it because... Oh, this week, of is death. it, now? Sorry, this week, yeah, yeah. as we're recording. Yeah. Um, so I, I think it was pretty perfect. Yeah, but, I mean, I, 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 I did really enjoy it. You know, I, I can't say it was it was about you know it kept my attention for th- for three episodes, told a story in a in a compassionate way, as you say, without sensationalising it. Yeah. You know, and I think Tennant's performance possibly will earn him the BAFTA. Yeah, uh, but I'd I'd be really sad to see either Daniel Mays or Jason Watkins lose out because they were as key to this. I, yeah, I anything. think they might pop one of them in supporting. Do check up on it on the ITV Hub if you are so inclined. If you've heard a lot of the the hype, then in my view, it, it lives up to that. Um, let's go on now to uh, the BBC One drama. Uh, Sunday nights, this is going to be. But they're going to do their usual thing that they do now. It's going to be on Sunday nights at 9, but all four episodes oh, okay. will be available as a box set on the iPlayer following transmission on Sunday night. Uh, I don't know why they do it, but they're doing it with this. Uh, This is the story. It's based on the novel from David Nichols about a family who are falling apart. Do you want me to set this up? Because I've actually read the book of this as well. As you know, you were starting to set up. It's um, about a middle-aged couple, uh, Douglas and Connie Peterson, played here by Tom Hollander and Saskia Reeves. It starts with the realisation that Connie wants to end their marriage after a sort of 25 years together. Yeah. Uh, they've got a son, Albie, who in this is played by uh, Tom Taylor, is it, from Dr. Foster? Yep. It's it's the summer before he's going to go to university, so I think this is her feeling at a time where, that, you know, we've got nothing once Albie leaves the house, what have we got left to talk about? Yeah, she says she doesn't want to be rattling around the house with him having yeah. nothing to say. and Yeah. yeah. And the story sort of flits between their first meeting and them going on a holiday, a whistle-stop tour of various European cities uh, with their son. The initial thing is that they might cancel it. Now she reveals she wants to end the marriage. But Douglas sees this as a way of possibly saving their relationship and bonding with Albie, who he's never had a great relationship with. Uh, I mean, there are other revelations throughout the story. The The first episode ends, and, and you've seen the second one, I believe, as well, with the fact that they had another child. I won't go into any more than that at this time, because obviously... Mm. But yeah, so they, the, I mean, the main, the main story is, is this going to save their marriage? And is he going to bond with the son that he never really bonded with? Uh, those are the two sort of recurring plot plot points. And you find out more about their relationship in the early days as it goes on as well. I'll be honest, I was really looking forward to this because as much as I enjoy things like Des, I also enjoy things that aren't genre-based. This is about a couple. This is about, you know, tensions within the marriage and trying to rebuild... Uh, as you say, try and save and reconnect over the course of a holiday. So not a lot of, you know, high stakes in this. Nobody, you've got to work very hard as a viewer. It's not a whodunit. It's not going to turn your stomach. It's an easy watch uh, with Tom Hollander, Saskia Reeves and Tom Taylor, three actors we know relatively well. I struggled with it ultimately because for me it feels too written. Like it's taking lines from the page of a book, which in a book would be fine. But when they're coming out the mouths of these actors and actresses, I just, I didn't, I didn't believe it as much as I wanted to. I thought Tom Hollander was perhaps most interesting 
because he is the reason that the marriage is dissolving. He tries to to make a pact with himself to behave differently, to change himself, to behave better and be, be the person. Discover a healthier, happier you with Veganuary 2024. Your health isn't just small potatoes, it's a big deal. So this January, you are invited to make a change that matters by trying Veganuary's 31-Day Vegan Challenge. Switching to a plant-based diet reduces your carbon footprint and makes a positive impact for animals. Every meal is a vote for the kind of world you want to create. Ready to make a change? Sign up today at Veganuary.com. Vote for veggies. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. He believes his wife wants him to be. Uh, ultimately, he struggles with that, and he really struggles to connect with Albie. But I, I thought it was a bit of a mess tonally. Bits that were meant to be funny, I didn't really engage with. So Albie meets this young girl uh, it, uh, the first night in Paris, and there's a the obvious, oh, that my son's in the next room with paper-thin walls having sex with this new girl that I'd seen done a million times, and I just thought that was a bit clunky. The girlfriend is almost in a different show. And then these flashbacks to them when they were younger. I suppose the point is that they didn't appear to like one another that much in the first place. I don't think it's that. I think it's more they didn't have a lot in common. Yeah. I think he charmed her despite him not really, you know, it was his sister who invited him to this dinner party to set him up with Connie. They are very, so she was at the Mm. time an artist. He was a scientist. Scientist. And And, they very, didn't have a lot in common, but you know, there was, there was a spark there. I think she liked him because he was different to the men she used to meet. You know, she was Uh, used to meeting. And um, perhaps it's my fault for not reading enough material about it before I had gone into it. For me, it was just too clunky in places. I understand that Tom Taylor is playing Elmby as this 17-year-old who is understandably reluctant to go backpacking with his parents across Europe in his last few weeks before university. But I thought everything with him was so cliched. And I always like shows where the kids feel authentic, where they're not the, the stroppy teenager looking down at their phone. And he didn't add anything to it for me. So, I don't know. I, it, it was it was also a bit too light. It was a bit too... It could have been on 8pm in terms of the content and the way they spoke. I, I wasn't a fan. I mean, I, I suppose I'm coming to this a little bit of a different perspective. Yeah, you because you sort of know where I, it's going. It must be easier. And, I, and actually, when I heard that the they were adapting this, I was a little bit surprised because the characters aren't that sympathetic really i think they're not likable at all so the book is completely told from douglas's perspective which is i suppose a struggle to make the other characters seem a bit more well-rounded for for this adaptation douglas is a little bit less misanthropic than he is in the book i think i think there is chemistry there with him and Saskia Reeves I think they did a good job of portraying a couple who did have a spark who did have a thing for each other and I did really like the scene where they're out together at the restaurant in France I thought that was a particularly well done scene as you say Tom Hollander is a captivating presence and I I, I did like them together I did really like the flashback scenes you know, they did mesh well with their older counterparts. I thought that was done well. I think, as you say, the Tom Tom Taylor, his performance and the character is very similar to the one that was in the book. But I think they, in the, I assume the latter episodes, because there is a moment where they do have that, but that bonding moment, and he does explain why he has been acting the way he has, and why he feels the way he has growing up there is a there is a moment of revelation there is also mm-hmm. and i don't know again if if she's introducing the second episode i presume she'll be in it later uh sophie grable i believe is from the killing yes. is also in there yeah. and she plays a uh, recently divorced danish dentist 
Who um who we uh Douglas meets later on in in the journey. Uh, you know, because I think I saw you criticizing Tom Taylor, that character in 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 specific, and I think there are moments towards the end of the first episode where you know he takes the parents to a Szechuan restaurant because they want a little bit different, and, and I I think you saw that he was desperate for his dad to actually like the food to like the choice he'd made i think culture yeah i i i I think i saw that in there there and and i think it is a hard character to get something out of i know you mentioned the girlfriend cat as well the parents hearing the sex that is a scene that is lifted from the story yeah so i suppose if it wasn't you know you did say it was quite clunky but i suppose if it wasn't there you know he's very faithful to the book Overall, you know, it's not a show that I found particularly great, but there's nothing I found particularly offensive about it either. I I think it's fine. Got an inbuilt audience. You know, the book was a massive seller. So, uh, you know, why not adapt a book? Because we know we're going to get that audience, at least for the first episode. And then maybe we can get them to watch the rest of it on the iPlay. You know, I'm not going to rush to watch the rest of it, but maybe if I need something to watch for an hour, I can put this on because, you know, I know where it's going. You know, I like these actors. It's easy, as you say, it's quite light. Uh, and I think we need something quite light at the moment, don't we? No, really? I agree, I agree. And there's just something not working to keep me watching. If, you, if you're wanting something that's got, like, genuine characters, then this isn't the show for you. Because, no. as you say, it is based on a book. And I, I felt, when I read the book, that, that it would be a novel that they would struggle to adapt. And I think David Nichols has actually done the best job he can in softening the characters, you know, showing you Douglas and Connie as young people and how they are now. I, I think the way they've done the flashbacks, interspersing them, you know, Tom Hollander at the end of the day is a fantastic actor, yeah. as is Saskia Reeves, as, as we saw in the second series, Dr. Foster is, you know, he's Tom Taylor. And I think he, he gets a bit of a short, mm. sharp shrift here playing a character who is unlikable because he's being seen through his father's eyes. Yeah. You know, the teenage son being seen through his father's eyes, he's only going to see the worst of him, isn't he? So, unfortunately, that's the character that was painted in the book. And I'm hoping that when it gets to the scene where he has that heart-to-heart with his dad, that he does get to shine in the way that we've seen him do in, in other things. I'm going to record myself saying this and just insert it into the podcast whenever it requires it. But I think... The reason I was so drawn to British television, we can do the sort of kitchen sink stuff really well. You can pluck those characters out of a show normally and put them next to you at a restaurant table or living next door to you and imagine you... There's not more than five of them. At the moment, that may change by the time (laughs) the podcast goes out. You can normally say, God, I could just see so-and-so saying that, or that rings so true, and that's what was missing and from this for me. It just I think so... you've got a tin ear for clunky, overwritten drama, and I that, I think, impacts on you not enjoying so much that puts on, because not everything is going to be Last Tango in Halifax, or Clocking no. Off, or, you know, other things that, that are up your alley, like, Shane. Yeah, um, Street. You know, street like yeah things like that not everything but this is your typical mainstream 9 p.m bbc comedy drama based on a popular novel i think if you like the novel there's enough here for you to enjoy the series it's annoying because i'd like to talk to the map that hadn't seen the book hadn't read the book <laughs> but you'd the, seen it but you'd never read it yeah <laughs> i'd like to speak to the map that hadn't read the book to see whether that would have impacted on your view i think i mean if if i hadn't i think i would still have i mean possibly a little bit less of a perspective on how the book was written but i i I think my my views would still be this was a you know a fine comedy drama mainstream will appeal to a bbc one audience that is us and as i say sunday nights at nine or by the time this is out it's all on the iplayer for you to binge on all four hours of the thing speaking of binges you can make your way through netflix and ryan murphy's new take on nurse ratchet taken of course from one flew of the cuckoo's nest Uh, have you watched one flew of the cuckoo's nest do you know this character going in no i haven't i'm aware of this character and i looked up some youtube clips before and after of Mm. how this character behaves who this person is as portrayed in the film this isn't okay. what you're getting with Ratchet. 
times. I mean, it's one of my, you know, one of my favourite films. So Go this on. is Sarah Paulson, because Ryan Murphy sticks Sarah Paulson and everything, as the title character, Mildred Ratchet. You don't actually, there's not a lot of, you know, plot here that you need to set up. She goes to be a nurse at a hospital in a, um, sort of a mental institution, really, the Lucia State Hospital. She sort of blackmails her way onto the staff sets herself up to look good in the eyes of the doctor and this is, just happens to be the time where the state governor is is visiting the the institution and and she sets herself up to save the life of, of a priest who's one of the patients she also convinces a patient to commit suicide and this sets it up to uh, the story that we saw played out in the opening scenes where a young man uh, butchers a house full of priests because he is the son of the Monsignor who took advantage of his mother when she was a nun and he wanted revenge and rather than being arrested he is being institutionalised in this hospital and the final scene of episode one is that there's a connection there between Ratchet and this prisoner. We've also got Judy Davis playing the almost like the matron character i suppose of the mental institution and cynthia nixon who plays a um like a motel owner yeah that's the basic setup i suppose of this and and this is several decades before we see uh, mildred ratchet presiding over another i don't know if it's the same mental institution as the one in one flew of the cuckoo's nest but in that she's very passive aggressive towards mm-hmm. the patient's has this cat and mouse game with the Jack Nicholson character. The nearest we get is her emotionally manipulating one of the characters played by Brad Dourif in the in the film to take his own life, which is the uh, catalyst for the final scene in, in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. But here, you literally see her say, oh, the doctor's got a, an envelope opener in his office. You know, go slit your throat with it. That sort of thing. <laughs> Why didn't you get that role? Yeah. Well, I did audition, you know, but, you know, Ryan, Ryan, Ryan Murphy already had, already had that inbuilt relationship with Sarah Paulson, so... <laughs> That's um, what they told you at the time. This is, and I suppose this is very much on the American horror story end of the Ryan Murphy yes. verse as opposed to the assassination of Versace pose end of the yeah. Ryan Murphy yeah. spectrum. What I would I mean, say about Ryan Murphy's shows. If you get a new telly, they're a great way to work out whether you've got your colour up to. Yeah, the, the contrast. <laughs> get that contrast button. Yeah, there's too much green there. No, I like the blue, but the green's a little bit overpowering and the yellow's too much. I feel like with Ryan Murphy's shows, particularly the ones he's done for Netflix, so we, we reviewed Hollywood that we didn't really either care for or understand, a politician we felt very similar about. I feel like he... He puts you in a world that's almost overwhelming and your job is to see the show behind all the, the Ryan Murphiness, if you like. And if, like me, you can't turn your aversion to the Ryan Murphiness off, then the show that's hidden inside it is harder to find, if that makes any sense at Not all. really, Luke. Ma- no, a little bit. It makes complete sense to me. There's a show in there, but it's so overwhelmed by so much other stuff that I just, I can't see. I need everything to calm down, put on some grey, and just let... Yeah, it's let not got that bit, yeah. It's, it's as far away from the British kitchen sink drama. You know, it's yes. an over-stylized graphic novel-esque. Yes. It's like I mean, a this, comic. This is very much, I think, for fans who, who love the American horror story strand yeah. rather than the American crime story, crime story. Uh, This is strands. like a comic that's come to life. Yeah. This I, is like Brian Fuller's Pushing Daisies, but turned up yeah, to 11. It's very Brian Fuller-esque. The colour palette is incredibly stark. I can see this winning the Emmy next year for Best Costumes. Everyone yes. is sort of styled to within an inch of their life. I'm going to lose, use a Luke phrase here. There's yeah. not a character you can really hang your hat on, as no, you were saying. Yeah. Do I normally hang hats on <laughs> Yes, you I'm do say saying. that. Having gone through a lot of your token phrases from the last few years <laughs> uh, while editing together these YouTube <laughs> videos. You, you haven't used the phrase uh, run me through the basic building blocks of, of this, <laughs> anything. Uh, That's because I've done most of the building yeah, blocks here yeah. this week. 
there's very little subtlety, which I know, again, you're a big fan mm. of. And I, it... I just wanted to turn it down a bit. It was just an assault <laughs> on my senses. Yeah, and they had, like, the music they used at one point was very much the music from... Well, no, it was the music that they used in the Kate Fear episode of The Simpsons. I know, that annoyed. I kept wanting to see Love and Hat on her knuckles. <laughs> Hit by a load of rakes or something. <laughs> There's the scene when she steps, yeah, steps into the motel and she just steps on a load of rakes. <laughs> that would have perked it up for me. Yeah, no, but, I, but I just I struggled to see the show behind all the the mm. razzmatazz. The opening sequence with the priest getting murdered and brutalized and that had me interested and on the edge of my seat, but it was still too comic book-esque and i think there are those people that can just say this is ridiculous but i love it for that and there have been things where that i've watched and gone it's ridiculous but i'm still invested i just think it was all so uh, yeah again like that word heightened you know it was all yeah. so big and all the dialogue was just people sniping at each other wasn't it? You know, it was yeah. Cynthia Nixon sniping at Sarah Paulson. It was Judy Davis sniping at Sarah Paulson. I suppose it never sort of settled into itself. And, and I think, again, that's the thing with the, with the Netflix series, that you, they want you to watch all eight, don't they? This is the thing. People will be watching this on Netflix over the weekend. The next episode will be automatically playing and they'll just be sitting on the sofa. You know, when Sophie was on with us talking and I saw her on Twitter as well, bemoaning the fact that people will just go to whatever is on Netflix. And I'm Mm. assuming people Mm. will will have watched all of this by the time they listen to this review, because that is a lot of people's schedules is what's new on Netflix this weekend. Let's watch that. I just needed it to, to slow down, quiet down. Let me see how invested I could get in the story without the flashiness of it. Mm. And I guess that I get that that's Ryan Murphy's thing. Mm. He's been very successful at it. He's worth millions. He's done more shows than I could even list. But I feel like Netflix, they buy the creators. Mm. They don't buy the shows, they buy the creators. And so... It gives them a lot of free will. Right now at Safeway, earn four times rewards points when you shop for participating items with Safeway for you. Shop for items like Frigo Crumbled Blue Cheese, Kellogg's Club Crackers, Coca-Cola, All Liquid Detergent, or Utz Chips, and earn four times rewards points with Safeway for you. Offer expires January 4th. Plus, get select holiday essentials like gift wraps, bags, holiday decor, lights, and more. Buy one, get one 50% off. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com or head in store for full offer details. Just to do whatever the devil they want to do, and that's not necessarily a good thing. You know, I, I know I haven't loved... I know you like Feud more than I did. I, I didn't I didn't love it, I have to say. I like... Again, I think he gets good actors to come and work with him. I think that's part of the thing. Like, actors want to work with Ryan Murphy. Being in his shows normally gets you some awards buzz, especially in the crime story ones. But it's uh, interesting that we're talking more about Ryan Murphy than we are about the show and yeah. the, the performances in it. We both really like Sarah Paulson. I think in, in the O.J. Simpson series she was one of the highlights there and her episode in in mrs america because she is the sort of devout acolyte of phyllis schlafly and and again maybe we'll talk about this when you've watched more of it Uh, it's an episode where she learns that maybe some of the things that phyllis has been preaching for years when she goes as a representative to this sort of women's conference isn't as sort of black and white as she first thought it was so her performance in that allows her to have a lot more subtlety than nurse ratchet does here you know she's one of ryan murphy's players isn't she she has been yeah in i believe in most of the crime stories yeah and and she's definitely oh the horror stories sorry the horror stories is she due to be in in the um third crime story probably i thought she was playing hillary clinton no let's use the internet I think if you like those, like the American horror stories, this might be up your alley. But I think for people like us who enjoy a bit more... And a bit more depth. A bit more depth, then give it a go. But I don't think you are going to be as impressed. And Sarah Paulson is playing Linda Tripp in... Yeah, I just found this out, Matt. She's playing Linda Tripp in (laughs) American... Voice in my ear just said it. It's got a good I'm a good s- cast actually. Margot Martindale, Betty Gilpin, Beanie Feldstein. 
Should we, just, this we just watch that? Watch that instead, <laughs> yeah. We'd love to hear from you. Drop us an email. CustardTVReviews at gmail.com Did you want to just have a quick chat about the Emmys? You know, they will have been on by the time you listen to this, but when we're recording it on Saturday, they'll be mm-hmm. on tomorrow night. So I don't know if you want to just give our predictions and what have we're you. We're never right. We're never right, no, but you can laugh at how wrong we were, listeners. I, I mean, can't just... find humour in that, but yes, okay. other people... Talking about finding humour, outstanding comedy series. There's a, there's a lot of these. Curb Your Enthusiasm, Dead to Me, The Good Place, Insecure, The Kaminsky Method, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Shit's Creek, and What We Do in the Shadows. I don't watch the show. I've been trying to watch it, but I can imagine Shit's Creek winning this only because they've had a final season, they've had a lot of buzz... And this is the one and only chance for them to win this, and it wouldn't surprise me. They're a bit, they're critical darlings as well, Dan and Eugene Levy. I was going to say the good place for the same reason you gave for the for Shit's Creek, yeah, because it's the final seat. Maybe they'll win something else. I mean, I would, I would plump personally for what we do in the shadows but obviously you know this is only their second season and i think i don't know if we'll go down this far on the list but primarily the amount of the writing nominees are from what we do in the shadows so i think they might win the the best writing in a comedy series uh drama series again we've got a big li- i remember when these used to be five now there's like eight or nine of them we've got better call saul the crown the handmaid's tale killing eve the mandalorian ozark stranger things which seems like about a million years ago and succession i think it's succession's time definitely 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 outstanded limited series we've watched all of these bar one and again the one that we haven't watched has been recommended to me which is on orthodox on netflix uh, the others being little fires everywhere mrs america unbelievable and watchman surely well watchman again is a critical darling and heavily thought of and spoken about I'd love it to be unbelievable, mm-hmm. though. I just think that is such an important show. It will never not be an important show, and the performances in that are just some of the best that not only Netflix has done, but the drama has I, done. I think it moment. might be Watchmen. I think, you know, yeah. it's unbelievable. was so long ago, and it unfortunately didn't make as much of an impact no. as we would have liked. You know, it sort of just disappeared. Mrs. America might because it's it's quite fresh in the mind you know it's the, the well, newest, almost, the newest yeah. of those outstanding lead in a comedy uh, anthony anderson don cheadle ted dance and michael douglas eugene levy or uh, rami yusuf in the show it's i know it's got to be ted danson hasn't it that yeah i i think they'll split this so if the good place wins then eugene levy might win or if Shits Creek win, Ted Danson might win. Lead actress in a comedy, so Christina Applegate and Linda Cardellini both nominated for Dead to Me. Rachel Brosnahan for Mrs. Maisel, Catherine O'Hara for Shits Creek, uh, Tracy Ellis Ross for Blackish, and Issa Rae for Insecure. Possibly Issa Rae there, or Catherine O'Hara. Who won it last? Because Rachel Brosnahan won it two years ago. I can't for the life of me remember who won it I last. I thought she won it last year too. Did she win it two years yeah. in a... She may have won it two years in a while. I know Alex yeah. Borstein won it twice. I've got things. Oh no, Phoebe Waller-Bridge won it last year. Oh, of course. Yeah. Of course. She might win it again. I mean, I I I wasn't massively into the third Mrs. Maisel season. And again, that seems a long time ago mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, it? and that was only December. Again, Catherine O'Hara. You know, it's a shame mm. that Kristen Bell's not on this list. Lead actor in the drama, we've got Jason Bateman in Ozark, uh, Sterling K. Brown in This Is Us, Steve Carell in The Morning Show, Brian Cox in Succession, Billy Porter in Pose, and Jeremy Strong in Succession. I'd say Brian Cox. So though Jeremy Strong mm. is strong. He's strong. He's something Just inside the so strong. scene along. I mean... Uh, yeah. They guess. might go for Jeremy Strong, but I think here, I think probably Brian, you know, because Succession, He's I think... The- Last year, it was. I think the writing award was the only one. It you know it was in its infancy, wasn't it? I think now it is a. It's more of a behemoth, and it's more talked about than it was this time last year. Lead actress, we have got Jennifer Aniston for the morning show. We've got Olivia Coleman for the Crown. We've got both Jodie Comer and Sandro uh, for Killing Eve for some reason. Laura Linney for Ozark, and I think the one we'll both probably plump for, or are hoping for at least, a win for uh, Zendaya for Euphoria. Absolutely, yeah. it, need, it needs to show love to to the up and comers, the newcomers, the new breed of of actresses, and I think yeah. 
I can't yeah. wait for more yeah. Euphoria. Actor in in a, in a limited series, we've got Jeremy Irons for Watchmen, Hugh Jackman for I've never heard of this Bad Education, Jeremy Pope for Hollywood, which we spoke about before, mm. Mark Ruffalo for what I'm assuming is a Tony Hadley biopic. I know this much is true. No, it is. <laughs> No, what, what, is, what, is, what is I know this much is true? Do we know that? It's an HBO drama that's very, very bleak, and he plays twins in that. And again, I think the one we're both plumping for again here is Paul Meskel for normal people. Don't put words in my mouth, but absolutely. <laughs> on, on the lead actress limited series or movie, we've got Kate Blanchett in Mrs. America. We've got Regina King in Watchmen. We've got Kerry Washington in Little Fires Everywhere. We've got Shira Haas for Unorthodox. And again, something I don't know, Self Made. Is that a film? A one-off film? Oh, no, it's a web television. So it's a Netflix series. Octavia Spencer. Oh, it's a... By the laugh of Mrs. Madam J. Walker. Yeah, that just really didn't pop anywhere. I sort of knew the name, but yeah. Well, Octavia Spencer's been nominated for that. Got to go to Regina King because she was the only thing I really loved about. Yeah, I mean, uh, we all love Regina Watchmen. King. I mean, yeah. the people are going to stop giving us standing ovations at awards ceremonies soon. Yes. I mean, I do remember it might be Kate Blanchett is the only person I can possibly see, unless they give it to Shira Haas for being, you know, like a newcomer. Uh, let's just run through a few of these supporting in a comedy. Uh, we've got Mahershala Ali for Rami, again, a show I don't really know. Uh, Alan Orkin, they've put in um, as a supporting for the Kaminsky method, even though he's sort of the co-lead. Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Andre Brower. They've nominated both Tony Shalhoub and, interestingly, Sterling K. Brown for the third season of The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. I I don't know, did you ever see the third season? No, I need to perhaps watch that. No, it's not. I thought he was one of the best things about that, but I can't... I mean, he wasn't really, like, funny in it, really. Keenan Thompson has been nominated for Saturday Night Live, Dan Levy for Schitt's Creek, and um, William Jackson Harper for The Good Place, Chidi. I would imagine it'd be either Tony Shalhoub or Dan Levy. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I would agree with you. I'll, I'll, I'll go Shal- I think Shalhoub won it last year, unless it's Alan Arkin. Supporting actress in the comedy, we've got Alex Borstein and Marin Hinkle representing Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. We've got yeah. Darcy Carden for The Good Place. We've got Betty Gilpin for Glow. Kate McKinnon and Cecily Strong representing uh, Saturday Night Live. Annie Murphy for Shit's Creek. And Yvonne Orji for Insecure. I'd love to see it go to Darcy Carden. Oh, I just chance. Well. Yeah. Last chance for Janet to get the, the Emmy she deserves. Yeah. And I mean, I, I equally. Betty Gilpin, who, who seems to be the only cast member on GLOW that Emmy actually recognise, which deservedly so, but there's other actresses on that show that do deserve a little bit of love as well. But I'm with you, I think Darcy Carden, especially for, I mean, the Janet's episode, I think, was in the last season, wasn't it? Supporting actor in a drama series, which is mainly the cast of Succession. <laughs> Nicholas Braun, Kieran Culkin and Matthew McFadden all nominated in this category alongside uh, B- Billy Crudup for The Morning Show, Mark Duplass for The Morning Show, Giancarlo Esposito for Better Call Saul, Bradley Whitford for The Hammes Tale and Jeffrey Wright for Westworld. Who do you pick out of the Succession cast? I think it would have to be Matthew McFadden because I think his performance or Nicholas Braun or mm. Kieran Culkin. <laughs> but... <laughs> so which one do you choose? You choose all three. Three-way tie. Matthew McFadden. Okay, and I'll go for Kieran Culkin. I'll have Nicholas Braun as well. Then. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and on the supporting actress side, um, obviously Sarah Snook's there for Succession. We've got Helena Bonham Carter for The Crown. We've got Laura Dern and Meryl Streep representing Big Little Lies, which feels How like seven ago years ago. How long ago does that feel like? Yeah. <laughs> Julia Garner for Ozark, who I believe was last year's winner. Uh, Tandy Newton for Westworld. Um, Fiona Shaw for Killing Eve. And um, Samira Wiley for The Handmaid's Tale. Surely it's going to get a Meryl Streep. Do they even need to bother having the other uh, nominees, really? Meryl Streep. I'm going to say Sarah Snook. Why not? That would be great. And in terms of outstanding supporting actor in a limited series or movie, we've got a couple of Watchmen cast members. Mm-hmm. We've got uh, Yaya Abdul-Mateen II, 
Louis Gossett Jr. and Jovan Adipo. Titus Burgess from Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. I'm assuming they did they do a one-off Kimmy Schmidt? They did um, Bandersnatch-esque. Okay. Could and forward and um, representing Hollywood, Dylan McDermott and Jim Parsons. That's a that's really a poor... Yeah, that's a category. On the side of uh, actress on in that category, we've got most of the cast of Mrs. America. Uh, we've got Uzo Aduba, we've got Margot Martindale, and we've got Tracy Ullman. We've also got uh, Tony Collette, which I believe will be Luke's pick for um, Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And we've got Gene Smart for Watchmen and Holland Taylor for Hollywood. I think I would like Uzo Aduba or Tony Collette to win, but as you've gone kill out, I'll go Uzo Aduba because her character, as Shirley Chisholm, she was the heart of that show. I think the only problem is that she's not in much of it. Before you say it, where's Merritt Weaver? Where's Caitlin Deaver? And where are the other people that rhyme? Finally, shall I just go through the writing? Because it's always very You've interesting. You've really missed the podcast, haven't you? Yes, go yeah. through it. It's a three-way, really, tribe between is it going to be what we do in the shadows, Shit's Creek, or The Good Place? We've got the final episode of The Good Place. We've got I think two it's e- perfect. We've got two episodes of Shit's Creek, which is Happy Ending, which I'm assuming is the last episode. Is the finale, yeah. And the presidential suite. Then we've got three episodes of What We Do in the Shadows. We've got On the On the Run, which is the Jackie Daytona episode. That changes everything. Or The Good be. Place. Well, I'd just like to see The Good Place or What We Do in the Shadows recognised. Yeah. Yeah, so that might be where, where maybe where Michael Michael Sher might win that one, but yeah. there seems to be a lot of love for what we do in the shadows, certainly for for the writing. Imagine if TV now plummets and we're just left looking. I think I mean this year I was thinking, you know, we had such a good first half, and it's just a shame now that yeah. we're you know we are going to be going back and looking at some of these other shows. I think that we've missed this year, which is good because you know it gives us, yeah. I suppose, a bit more of a fuller. Understanding but of this also, if if this year had been better, we and not had any of this kerfuffle that's going on. That's why I'm referring to it now. A, kerfuffle, <laughs> a worldwide, a worldwide kerfuffle. If someone hadn't eaten a bat in January, the people I've spoken to in the know say they're not worried about next year so much, or that at least sort of January to April. What they're worried about is next autumn and mm. beyond, because nobody is really commissioning any new. Shows, We've really. had a couple, we, haven't we? Channel 4 are going to remake the Swedish Before We Die. Uh, Jimmy McGovern's Time is Coming, which is a prison drama with Sean Bean and Stephen Graham, which should be yeah. very good. But apart from that, they've... And, and, of course, we're also heading to a load of best-ofs. The six episodes of The Best of the Apprentice I coming very soon. Yeah. Six... And is there a three-part sort of Best of Strictly starting yeah, as well? Yeah, Best of Strictly in the run-up to the proper one. Mm. I'm a Celebrity is in Wales. Everything's <laughs> just on its... We've missed this, so we're just rambling now. But that is the first podcast back after too long away. And we've made a bit of a list through that of, of shows to fill in gaps. And if you, I suppose re- I would say is if you would like to add to that show. Or add to that list, even. Add to that, that list. That makes more sure. sense. Then get in touch either on Twitter at Custard TV Pod or by our little used email address Custard TV Reviews at gmail.com or just by us on Twitter. I'm at Luke Custard TV and Matt's is at Matt's TV Bites. See you. Bye. Rate and review us wherever you find us. Search the Custard TV on YouTube, iTunes, and Facebook. Here in Key West, we were out before it was in. In this open and inclusive paradise, you can be yourself, make new friends, and savor our live and let live vibe. With LGBTQ plus friendly accommodations, our legendary nightlife, and year-round activities and events, it's always a good time to come as you are. Key West, close to perfect, far from normal.